Hi, Dr. Phil Flox here, also known as John Billingsley. I volunteer for the Hollywood Food Coalition. We serve terrific meals to the unhoused seven nights a week. We assist a hundred nonprofits with their food needs. We work with community partners to address food insecurity in Southern California. If you're in LA, come and volunteer with us at hofoco.org slash volunteer. And any Federation credits you can spare go a long way. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the ShuttlePod podcast. I am your host, Kayla Yacovino, and I am joined today by the entire ShuttlePod crew, Jared. Hi, friends. Welcome back. Brian. Hello. And Matt. Hello. Well, today, you know, we've got a really exciting show for you, but uh, hold on a minute here. Let me just... Uh... A sip of... <sighs> tea with that perhaps it's a little bit of earl gray hot (laughs) (laughs) interesting like one captain picard enjoys i mean everybody loves earl gray right uh no (laughs) i tried i tried doesn't do it for me i'm not much of a tea drinker to begin with that may have something to do with it yeah Uh, but you were inspired by john luke to at least give it a Uh, shot oh absolutely but Alas, was not meant to be. Well, Brian, some, like one Jean-Luc Picard, might say that your dislike of Earl Grey is an unpopular opinion. Which is the perfect segue into our topic for today. Unpopular opinions. Beautiful. Nicely done, Kayla. I tried. I was (laughs) trying to channel you, Jared. The oh, segue king. Very flattered to hear that. I, I hope I, <laughs> I hope I never lose the crown. But if I do, I'd be happy to give it to you. <laughs> but legit, though, I'm actually really excited about this. We've been talking about doing it for a while. Um, all of us have some un- opinion about Star Trek that most people disagree with. Either something that everyone loves that you kind of hate, or something that everyone hates that you kind of love, or whatever it is. And so we haven't told each other what our opinions are so we can have real reactions here right on the podcast um so yeah, i'm this, like really this, excited this to should be good so so we're yeah. this is uh, uncharted territory but before we dive into that there are a couple of newsy things that we wanted to talk about because there's some big stuff going on so the biggest thing is the new picard trailer just dropped yep the final one probably i would think right yeah because it's march so it's it's soon right. actually right, right it's right. right around the corner so what did you guys think of it? I was pleasantly surprised at how uh, interesting it looked to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it much. Uh, I would say it's quite a bit more interesting than, say, like some of the teasers that they had done before. Yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, well, wow. And I mean, we also finally get Whoopi, so I think that helps. Right. For yeah. sure. Yeah, Guy Guy definitely. Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, you know, if there was one Star Trek character I thought belonged in a show about, say, the twilight years of Jean Luc Picard, mm. I think it would be Guy Oh, hundred yeah. percent. You know, yeah. so I'm I'm glad they figured out. I don't. She's probably not going to be in it a lot. It's you know, she does. She has a regular gig with the View. She's probably only in an episode or two, but still, that's what I would think too. Yeah, yeah, but still, I think it's 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 lovely to see Guy again. You know, if you think about it, like in terms of total screen time of TNG, Guinan's also not in it all that much. Nope, no, not no, that much. Not yeah. But she has again, a huge she impact. got to drop in and has she her her movie career allowed in the nineties? You know. Yeah, so. but now it's her view career. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, like, the it's actually, I feel like um, I haven't gone back and rewatched the first trailer, um, but I feel like content-wise, it was actually really similar, but for some reason, that one, I was just like, okay, interesting, we'll see. And this one, I was like, wow, this looks like it has the potential to be really good. Yeah, they. It absolutely some does. Of the footage is the same. They sliced and diced like some of the same footage, but there's definitely new stuff that I think helps. And it it's, it seems like it's going to be all or almost all set modern day, which is something we've never seen done for that length of time. All the series do the thing where they go back yeah. to modern day, and I guess this isn't quite modern day, right? It's a little bit. I can't remember yeah, what I mean, they said. it's close enough. It's I thought they said twenty twenty four. So yeah. it's a couple years ahead. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's yeah. close yeah. enough. It's basically close modern day. Yeah. yeah. So that, but that's a lot of it's set in LA, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, but it just looks like, it looks like it's really got its own beat, its own heartbeat, you know, its own vision in a way that I didn't feel like that first trailer for me, at least it didn't make me feel that way. It was just like, okay, they're going to do something with Q and time and whatever. And for some reason, this one really, I I was really blown away by it. Uh, Very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, they they seem to be so afraid to show anything of the plot, right? That like we just knew, oh well, he's going to do something, you know. And that's still kind of what we know, but at the same time, it feels like they were a little more, um, what's the word? I guess feeling more confident to like tease more, you know, mm-hmm. in this trailer. But I think so, they didn't over overshare, which is a problem. No, which is important, so, right? Yeah. So that's that's nice <laughs> that they hit the right amount. Yeah, it's a hard uh it's a hard one to hit, I think. Hard balance. So so I'm looking at Guinan's memory alpha page. She was in twenty nine episodes of TNG in two movies. Hmm. And you, most of them seem to be in seasons three and four, right? And then she's in only three episodes of season six and then none of season seven. So right. really like the last time we saw her was plot exposition in generations and then um forgettable cameo in Nemesis. Yep. So I hope that they're able to give her um, something that will be more interesting to remember than than those two inst- uh, outings of hers. I'm actually surprised. 29 is more than I would have guessed. Oh, really? Well, a couple of them are two-parters. It, it feels like Guinan's going to have her usual role of telling Picard what's exactly wrong. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. It sure looks like it. Yeah, it looks like he's going to go to some bar in this alternate timeline that Guinan owns, which is called, which is yeah. is on what Ten Forward Street, Ten or Forward Avenue. Avenue or something. Yeah, yeah like that. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I thought um, it was cute. That's clever. Yeah, that is fun. that is cute. And I think something about she'll probably explain to him some changes in the timeline or something because that's kind of what Guinan does. Sure. Yeah. yeah Yesterday we know she's aware of that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if they provide any backstory for her and Q's animosity, which is only in two episodes. But you think she's going to do um, spirit fingers at him? I know, right? Come on now. Cosmic jazz hands? Yeah, I know. That, yeah. That's, yeah. I don't even know if they actually share any scenes, to be honest. Like, yeah, and I don't, totally I don't even separate. know how much Q, of Q there is in this either. Like, It feels like he's going to propel. he's going to propel the plot, but like... Yeah, we, yeah. Know, we can see him appear in 2024 and kind of um, it seems like he's stacking the deck sort of with a a Sung person, you know, ancestor of Sung kind of. That's about it, though. He he pops in and is messing with things. We know that. 
That's yeah, but it. it might be that like you said, he kind of gets the ball rolling and then like lets things play out. So he might even maybe just be like the beginning and the ends. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Or yeah, you know, yeah, pop the up here and there in the middle, that kind of thing. I yeah. assume he's sort of here and there. Yeah, yeah, I I tend to think so too. So yeah, that's coming up in what five weeks? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Time will tell. Can't wait. I'm actually really excited for it now. It really rejuvenated my excitement for the show. Well, I think it really helps that we know season two and three are being made back to back by the same team. And the team includes a lot of people who are like uh, very interested in being on Star Trek and working on Star Trek, you know, like actual Star Trek fans like Terry Madalis, like was a, um, his first, one of his first gigs was being a writer's assistant on um voyager and enterprise mm-hmm. and then you know he went off to do the um, sci-fi version of 12 monkeys so that's by the that's the other thing is like if somebody can do time stuff probably this dude right like, <laughs> so there's there's a lot of hope you know a lot of interest and hope for that so and on the behind the scenes thing we know the yakutas have been brought in a little bit doug drexler has done some work you know a bunch of people they they they're very like They've been very open too, like on Twitter about it. It's kind of nice. Like the current production designer has said, "Oh, we couldn't do this um, without bringing in like you know legacy talent." Like we're really excited about that, and it f- it feels better to me than <laughs> the way season one was done. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it just mm-hmm. feels better. Like okay, people mm-hmm. are really trying. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, there was a couple other news items too that that we can briefly talk about. One of the things is that um, big Playmates announcement of the new toys that are coming out from Playmates just got released. I'm of mixed feelings. I mean, I'm totally the right age, and I totally had a ton of the TNG Playmates as a kid. So, like, in that sense, this excites me. But I'm looking at them all, and I'm thinking, like, eh, what they have this first wave is not particularly interesting, and their sculpts are not particularly, mm. like, great. Like, sure, it's, like, marginally better than the Playmates of the 90s. I think one of the catch-22s here is that you have those, like, amazing, like, laser-scanned, 3D-sculpted, you know, like, things that people could do, like the X06, you know? And sure, this this is not that same, like, caliber, and I don't expect it to be, but it's just hard to be, like, look what our current, like, technology can let us do. And then you can see like, meh, but also this is okay. You know, like, eh. so it's really hard for me to care. Um, especially because like, who are these for? Playmates in theory should be like for kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. But the one, this is the part that's sort of frustrating to me is the one kid show that we do have and is pretty great. There are no toys yet for, for, yeah. which is, I- there's no prodigy stuff. Yeah, I, but I, that is coming. I mean, I think that's just a function of oh, sure, the show but just, just being like, recently released. You know, yeah, but it's just like oh, okay, that's kind of what I would expect to be out, out of the gate. You know, yeah, yeah, especially given yeah. that it's animated and like they ha- already have existing three D models uh-huh. they could even use. Yeah. Yes, and people are people like I mean, if you look on Twitter, like parents like are making stuff for their kids because there isn't mm-hmm. merch. Like people are making like, of course, like plush Murphs and stuff because you can't buy a plush Murph. Like it's like, what are you doing, CBS? You know, like you should be cranking out Murph plushes. Like and <laughs> like you want to make the money on the merch. Like 
Yeah, that is a little out. crazy. I, I do yeah. think it also is. It's been it's it's been enough time because they could have had those ready to go as the show was coming out. Oh, I agree they exactly. Have. They all they do that. Of course, they get like preliminary designs to toy companies ahead of time all the time. You know, with yeah. stuff like this. So, yeah, yeah. I think your reaction, Matt, is the one I see the most of. On, yeah, on the internet is that your very mixed kind of feeling about the whole thing. Yeah, that's really interesting to me because it's like exactly what I expected. Hmm. Like it's Playmates toys. They were never like I have those on my shelf, and they're not like like, and they're like eight dollars. One of the things is, of course, now they're not eight bucks. Now no. they're sixteen. <laughs> oh well, inflation, I guess. But I yeah, mean, it's still, it's yeah. not you know, it's not your like you said. It's not one of these like laser whatever three D print things. It's like it's a GI Joe. It's like a nicer G, slightly nicer GI Joe. Yeah. I don't know. I guess like I'm surprised that people were disappointed just because this is like always the caliber that Playmates has delivered and we loved Six, them when we were kids. Sixteen dollars is a lot though, considering that the McFarlane toys that came out a few years ago were nineteen dollars and were of a much higher quality. That's fair, right. especially yeah, because the McFarlane stuff is outstanding. And well they yeah. weren't perfect or anything, but they were for nineteen dollars, mm-hmm. I, I think they were a pretty solid value. Yeah, I know another thing that they're getting dinged on, and and I you know I agree. Like as someone who liked all the, um, I forget what the official term was for, but all the little actual like action accessories for for kids to have, like the phasers and the tricorders, like that were sort of like simplified prop replicas. I loved all that stuff. Those I actually kept. I don't care about the action figures, but I actually still have those. Yeah, me too. The problem is, and what they're getting dinged for, and I agree with this, is. They're basically cranking out. It's it is slightly better, but they're almost it's almost the same as the '90s TOS phaser that they were cranking out. That's high, pretty inaccurate. They've tweaked it a little bit. It's still pretty inaccurate. And so, you know, when you have people who are like, "Oh yeah," but remember, like Diamond Select was also cranking out quite accurate, fairly inexpensive phasers like ten years ago for eh, roughly the same price point. And so that's where it's like, come on, Playmates. Like, yeah. what? You know? I saw some so. criticism of the Enterprise, too. Yeah. But, you know, some of the sculpts look okay. I mean, and some of them look terrible. Yeah. That's the other problem, I think, is just highly variable. Like, yeah. Like Spock, that looks like Zachary Quinto. It does not look like But wrinkly Zachary Quinto. It's weird. It's not, <laughs> yeah. it's not Nimoy. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's, it's not, not Leonard Nimoy. It's and, Z- uh, Zachary Wrinkle. Oh, my God. Data's Who did weird. they use? Yeah, that does not look like Brent Spiner. In but this surprisingly, like like, Khan looks pretty good, actually. That surprises me. Khan looks like, good. Yeah, Ricardo Montalban, they, they got that pretty well. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so you got Montalban, you know. Well, and, and, and Saru looks pretty creepy, too. Like, I mean, <laughs> he does. Like, I know Saru is a little creepy looking he when, when you creepy. sort of objectively think about it, but like, they gave him more like sunken eyes, and he just, I don't know, man. It looks yeah. weird. Yeah, so we'll see. I get, yeah. So this is the first wave. Allegedly, there'll be another one. But I have to think, considering these aren't coming out for a while, I have to think wave two is late this year or early next year. Yeah. Well, that better include Prodigy, which I think the yeah, idea you would, would be. Think so. but, you would think yeah. so. Well, we do have to move on, but I have yes. one question before we do. Yeah. Is the Saru figure taller than the other figures? <laughs> uh, that's a really good. That's a good question. I think he might be, but I'm, I don't recall. I know people were saying that was the other like complaint is something about some of the scales were different, like from each other. Like each figure was sometimes in a different scale. Or mm, yeah, that happens. 
Which again, yeah, it happens. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's a good question about Saru. You'd hope so, right? That you would think so, be, yeah. Yeah. You better be really tall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Super lanky dude. Yep. Alrighty. Well, let's talk about what we came here to talk about today, guys. All right. Unpopular, huh? Unpopular opinions. And unpopular opinions. Mr. Matt Wright, you are up first. What is okay. your unpopular Star Trek I threw opinion? myself under the bus to go first. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Saru, actually, uh, so I'm not sure if this is a super unpopular opinion or not, but I feel like I've seen the opinion change over the last few years. So I, I, you know, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I actually really liked the first two premiere episodes of Discovery, which anyway, the the sort of prologue to what eventually became Discovery. I kind of, it's funny too, because I sort of remember a lot of people I thought thought this way, that they really liked that as a sort of promising, especially because then it throws you for a total loop that it's like nothing like that when you get to episode three, right? And what's funny is just kind of here and there, I'm seeing people say, Oh, that prologue was like trash. I it only really became the sh- you know a show when she got to the discovery, and I'm thinking, well, okay. I mean, yes, there's truth to that, but like, I, I guess maybe it's unpopular, but like, I really liked that prologue, and of course, I wanted to see at least half a season, if not the whole first season, building to something, right? Because like, I wanted mm-hmm. to see the yeah, whole adventures right. of the Shenzhou, you know, with with Philippa Giorgio. Right. And all that kind of stuff, because in theory, we're supposed to like take it for granted that these guys all have this sibling parent parental, you know, depending on who we're talking about, sort of triangle like relationship of parent and two siblings kind of thing. And we didn't really see that. I mean, we did, but then we didn't really get to see it much. And right. so I always liked that. And I always wanted to see more. And I actually always really liked those first two episodes. Like I, in theory, would go back and watch those first two episodes because they kind of stand alone like hmm. right now just for fun i won't do it but i could i dare you but i might i dare yeah, you but i might i mean like for example those are the only the, those two kind of stand alone enough that i would in theory just kind of watch them you know mm-hmm. um which of course as we know with the highly serialized nature of the rest of it it's very hard to do but those two kind of stand alone and i kind of like what we saw in other words, you like the, the the Star Trekiness of the first two hours. Imagine that. More, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because they were they were just like a they were a random ship on the edge of like Federation space, encountering an unknown uh, object. I mean, it's all the stuff that like should add up to be something really classic, right? I actually agree with your unpopular opinion. Cool. I see. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how unpopular it is, but I feel like I've seen the tide turn against it more in the last hmm. few years. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, I would have loved to have had that drawn out to the whole first season. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, it would have been a good way to break the show in. And then you get to know Burnham more. That way, when everything happens to her, you actually care. Yeah. Instead of jamming it all at once. Yeah. yeah. Look, I mean, we, we're not going to get into the pros and cons of Discovery or what the circumstances that made those first few shows. In well, we've done very po- rocky. whole podcasts about the right. circumstances. We're not going to get into that. So, but <laughs> yeah. they. Yeah, they were they were thrown in the deep end, and they did what they could, and some of it worked, and some of it didn't. Yeah, it it's also it's not fair to creators nowadays that so much of the stuff that happens behind the scenes is aired instantly for everyone to see. I mean, like imagine what TNG would have been like if all the chaos in the bridge stuff we've oh known gosh, about right? in nineteen eighty seven, right? Yeah. All right. So who's next, Jared? 
Yes, I have one. I have been hankering to talk about this for a little while. I don't think I've see, I've intimated this to any of you individually, so it'll be interesting to see your reaction. We uh, I've been saving it for if we did a Star Trek Beyond podcast, mm. but I don't know if we're going to. I don't know if there's appetite. We have to wait another four years. <laughs> oh, do we? Until it's the 10th anniversary? Yeah, oh I guess we gosh. do. Oh my gosh. It's already well, hey, years. Just to blow your minds, next year would be Into Darkness. 10? Next year? Mm-hmm. Oh, good heavens. Wow. Oh, because it was 2013. Yeah. Oh, t- here's Jeez. an unpopular opinion. Uh, we, uh, time is accelerating too quickly. <laughs> That's a popular opinion. Yeah. It's a fire in which we burn, Jared Whitley. <laughs> yes, it is. Good generations reference. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so um, so I've been saving this for if we did a podcast about Beyond, but I don't know if we're going to. Mm-hmm. So those of you, the good children of the Shuttle Pod, if as you're listening to this, if you'd say, "Hey, I would like to hear them go back and talk about um, these movies," put it in the comments and let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, I, I wanted when you mentioned unpopular opinions, I wanted to bring this up. Okay, so this this might be a little controversial. But I think we need to talk about it. That's what we're here for. So this is my unpopular opinion. Okay, <coughs> there's no evidence in the text of Star Trek Beyond to intimate, certainly not to explicitly state, that Kelvin vs. Sulu is gay. It's entirely marketing. Oh, that's not entirely correct. But yes, I see what you're saying. I mean, it is if they don't, because we only know who... That he's married to a man because we were told that that was his husband. Right. Because right. of the marketing. Uh, but there's right. nothing in the text of the movie. He doesn't say like, hey, husband, they don't kiss. No. They he don't does hold put hands. His hand on, he Even. does put his hand on the small of his back as they walk away, which is a fairly he, comfortable thing to do. But it yes. is. But yes, you're right. Yeah. But, but, um, you're right. so it's this is my, marketing. yeah, they pulled their punches. So, and yeah. do do you guys? I I have my cynical opinion about why they pull their punches. Do you guys have any thoughts of why? Oh, I mean, I think we know why. It's because it was co-funded by like a bunch of Chinese money, and they wanted it to play. There it is in China. There it is. It's very obvious, yeah. right? <laughs> they had so to make I, it incredibly subtle because they didn't want you want yeah. to offend them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're in the country, the second most important box office in the world, where depictions of homosexuality in media are illegal. Yep. So that whole thing either would have been censored to high heaven or, you know, not allowed at all or whatever, you know. See, and and something they could do is they could include scenes that directly state uh, what their marketing has stated and then cut them out for the Chinese release. Yeah. But then they'd get in trouble for that. So so they have to use dog whistles. Right. If I can use that term. And I remember watching an interview with John Cho where he said, oh, it's really hard for men in Asian cultures to come out of the closet sometimes. So we wanted to show not not just one good example of an outed gay man, but two good examples. And I heard that and thought, that is such a total lie. He is completely lying about that. They've made it an Asian dude. So people in China or Korea or Singapore wouldn't look at that and say, oh, it's clearly his romantic partner. Instead, they'd look at it and say, Oh, that's his brother and his niece. That's his brother. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. They hedged big time. Yeah. That's for sure. It was nice they did it. That was a tip of the cap to George, although George didn't treat it that way. He, no, he didn't actually like it. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm surprised he didn't point out what I'm pointing out. Right. He should have actually. They're, yeah. they're totally lying about this. And it's not just in, um, in, in Beyond that they did this. They also did this in Thor Ragnarok. 
where there's like a deleted scene where Tessa Thompson's character is revealed to be bisexual. Yes. And right. and when she was doing the the press circuit for that, she said, oh, I, if I recall correctly, I could be wrong. She said, uh, oh, it didn't fit with the pacing. So we cut it out. And it's like, oh, the pacing. Yes. The pacing. That's what that's what concerns Chinese censors right. or Russian censors or mm-hmm. censors in Saudi Arabia. That's what concerns them is pacing. Sure. So it's something where the marketing likes to um, jangle keys in like, like a shiny object in front of a cat while making sure the other hand doesn't offend their their masters abroad. Anyway, there you go. That's my unpopular opinion. Kelvin Versulu is not gay. <laughs> All right. I mean, yeah, I guess you have to argue whether or not that's canonical. I mean, I think, you know, since we you know canonical means on screen it's it's pretty debatable whether it is you know right like because we never see anything definitive that's for sure they, yeah, yeah not at all i guess i have to agree <laughs> as i said it was very purposeful that they made it non-definitive it's like well mm-hmm. okay so. so if you'd been primed to think that when you saw it in the theater you would have thought oh of course that's what's happening but if you hadn't been again like it's not an accident that the guy kind of looks like he could be his brother and his quote-unquote daughter could be his niece. Okay. Who's next on the chopping block? <laughs> I'll go next. Go for it. All right. Well, I kind of have two things in my pocket. Because the first one I want to mention, but it's something that we've talked about a lot on this show uh, before, which is my unapologetic love and defense of Star Trek Generations. Right. Mm-hmm. Boo, um, boo, hiss, hiss. <laughs> it's... My take is that it's like on paper, like it's not a good movie, but I love it anyway. Sure. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think the the real the real point for this where it really gets unpopular is if I were trapped on a desert island and could only bring one DVD with me, like it might be Generations. Oh, yeah. That's that's a, wow. That's wow. A bold that is unpopular. Not like First Contact, though, huh? <laughs> I mean, it'd probably be Galaxy Quest, actually. There you go. But yeah. like, uh, like Generations yeah. would be on the list. Like I say, like it might, it might be Generations. I wow. like watching that movie. I like is, laughing at how stupid the Christmas scene yeah. is. Yeah, like it so, is entertaining. That's for sure. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Well, and and the thing is, it's like there are scenes in Generations that are good, right? Like I find the scene on the holodeck with Worf getting his promotion is fun, right? Um, obviously this, the chemistry between the two captains is enjoyable to watch. Um, uh, Malcolm McDowell is sort of delightful to watch and it's even mm-hmm. cooler knowing he's, I'm pretty sure he's Citadel Fadil's uncle, right? So right. yes, there are elements of generations that are fun, but I think fundamentally it's strung together so clunkily <laughs> that I can't watch it as a story, right? Like, like the the whole thing with Kirk meet, getting to the 24th century, that should be done with a plot device. And instead that becomes a plot, right? He, he should have yeah. appeared no later than the midpoint of the movie mm. rather than like the third act twist, yeah, which yeah. is what happens. Yeah. Making and eggs. I think the, pardon? Making oh yes. Eggs. Making eggs and mm-hmm. asking for dillweed. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. Uh, I think the dill behind dillweed. the oregano. Exactly. Behind the oregano. Hmm. And I think it's just a fundamental problem that it is hard to have a ship with two captains. It's like there's I'm always reminded of generations when I watch this one episode of The Office where Jim gets promoted to co-manager and oh, yeah. Oscar is in the interview and he says, uh, of course, every 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 uh, 
country has two presidents. What ship le- uh, disembarks without two captains? Where would Catholicism be without the popes? Right. <laughs> and I always think yeah, that's that's the fundamental problem with generations is it's hard to have two heroes. Wait, yeah, it's not just that that movie has to serve a lot of different agendas that that's oh, yeah. Patrick Stewart, William sure Shatner, does. Brent Spiner. And it has to give something for the rest of the cast to do at least a little bit. You say agendas, but do you mean egos? That too. All Ooh. of it. Well, and then there's the studios back to agenda. Then there is the studio agenda, which is like you need to make some kind of handoff from like our really popular older franchise Mm -hmm. of movies to what we want to be a popular franchise of newer movies. Yeah, you must make a bridge, literally, you know, and figure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) and then murder the (laughs) then murder the old guy. Fall off the the bridge. bridge. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, (laughs) And the other mistake they made is that they sold it as the adventures of the two captains, and the movie really isn't about that. No. If you no. want to make a, a movie with Captain Kirk and Captain Picard, then they should have made a movie with Captain Kirk and Captain Picard, but they yeah. didn't. They kind of just tried, no. to, they tried to have it many different ways, and that's why the movie feels kind of disjointed and kind of all over the place at times. But but the, the, movie, the movie poster sure told you, hey, it's going to be these two guys the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying the, the two the two captains barely get to know each other. They just yeah. meet, and then like barely. he's like, "Oh, okay, let's go fight this soaring guy." I guess, and then yeah. Kirk dies. The, the end. <laughs> yeah, but it's so fun to watch, and it's so quotable, and I just like it's like you know, like an old, it's like a like a familiar, like a home cooked meal from your mom. You know, like an old familiar warm, like a warm blanket, like a warm it. blanket. Right? Can, can, can I yeah. can I share? A cousin of my cousin quoted Generations on Sunday, and yes. I'm glad you brought this up because I wanted to share it with you. A mid-roll track this... anecdote. Let's do this. <laughs> you know how mu- I know how much you love mid-roll track anecdotes. So mm-hmm. we're playing this this push your luck dice rolling game, and he had been pushing his luck quite a bit. And we're like, Devin, you should stop, stop. You know, you're going to run out. Your luck's going to run out. And he said to me, "Risk is part of the game. If you want to sit in that chair and roll the dice," and he ended up <laughs> nice. winning the game. <laughs> Yes. Wow. I, I was like, good, good deep cut there, Dev. Well done. <laughs> that just reminds well me. That reminds me of the whole, it's both funny and eye rolling. Like, it's kind of genuinely funny and then also just really eye rolling of the whole Tuesday thing. Yeah. The ongoing joke about Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. With the with poor Captain Harriman, you know, on the Enterprise B of like, we're not really prepared to do this at all. Everything's not actually happening until Tuesday. But we're still going to respond because, in true in true enterprise form, right? The and enterprise is the only thing available, like for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? in 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 the Earth solar system, the yes. the home of Starfleet. At, at, <laughs> exactly at one of the core Federation planets, the head of Starfleet. Yeah, like what? Okay, sure, that's okay. Yeah, but anyway, it would have been nice. It would have been nice to see. William Shatner and Patrick Stewart have more scenes because when you see them on screen together, they actually have really good chemistry. Yeah. They're terrific. It would have been, cool. Terrific. It would have been cool to see the two of them have an adventure. An adventure for yeah, the ages. Especially because it goes back to feeding the ego. A lot of their on screen time together is on horses, which is mm-hmm. like, eh. Especially because, well, the other thing that's really sort of sad and funny is like, of the two characters, in theory, Picard is the one who's like the, the person into horses, not Kirk. But of course, we know in real life, that's entirely the opposite. And so what actually comes through on screen, of course, is that Shatner's quite comfortable on a horse and Mm. Patrick Stewart less so. 
right? And so you get this complete opposite of what's actually supposed to happen for the characters, you know? And it's like, oh. So and so then you just see William Shatner and Patrick Stewart on a horse. You don't see their characters really. Right. That's such and a so good point. Like, I've actually mm, never thought yeah. about that. Yeah. I still like it all though. The whole like jumping the gorge and suddenly it doesn't yeah, really matter because yeah, he knows it's, it's a he knows it's fake. And like that's all nice. It's mm-hmm. just like And Shatner's well, great. He's great yeah, in he's it. He's great in it. Yeah. But you just know that that's kind of Shatner just being Shatner and less like Kirk. You know, so yeah, I want it. That's what I want. I just want it. Just more of the same. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Understood. Oh, yeah. That's okay. So, we were having this. We talked about this at one point before. I don't know if it was the beginning we did of Discovery a whole show. or something when people were saying, well, you don't just want to have another episode of TNG, do you? And I'm like, yeah. Mm. Oh, no. I it mean, was kind of. It was when we were talking about Insurrection. Everyone yes. rags on Insurrection, Insurrection because it's just like an episode of TNG. It should be it more is. like an episode. And, Which and is I like great. it, too. Isn't that yeah, exactly like what we though. want? It's not a very good Office. episode, though. <laughs> So, so the the scene the scene at the beginning where they're where they use singing Gilbert and Sullivan to neutralize an android who's out of control that is the Star Trekiest thing that happened in any of the TNG movies. That bit <laughs> oh, is it is the most TNG my fundamental thing ever. Yeah, ever, ever. My ever. my fundamental yeah. problem is I think they took the greatest living actor and the star of one of my favorite movies and put him opposite Patrick Stewart and did nothing with him. Oh, hundred no. percent. Yeah, 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 they completely gave creepy, wasted. Stretchy face. Well, it's just like to go back to Beyond for a second. They did that with poor Idris Elba too. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Oh, good heavens. Oh, why, yes. Why cast cast Idris Elba if you're just going to throw all that stuff on yeah. his face? So we wait. We waste F. Marie Abraham. We waste Idris Elba. Like, who else are we going to waste their talent on? You yeah, know? you like, get these great <laughs> actors. You're lucky enough to actually get Tom them. Hardy. And then it's like Tom. Oh, poor. Tom, but he was young. Tom poor Tom Hardy. <laughs> Tom Hardy's a great actor. We pre-wasted I, It him. would be interesting yeah. to go to the alter, the parallel universe where Nemesis was good and see how that would have altered the trajectory of Tom Hardy's movie career. Oh, man. Maybe he would have left yeah. the film industry. Right. It's, the possible. Opposite effect. it's possible. Who knows? <laughs> Poor Tom. Well, I just know when they, when they showed that picture of Picard as a young man and it was Tom Hardy in the bald cap. I'll never not oh, laugh. I'll never not laugh. Bust out laughing. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, come on. Especially since it was established that he still had hair. Of course he had hair. Jared. When yeah. Jack Crusher died. Jared, everyone knows the audience is too stupid to understand that Picard wasn't always bald. Yeah. They wouldn't true. have that's known. That's literally their reason for doing it. Yeah, which yeah. is what makes it even funnier. Like, how stupid do you think we are? Like, do you, do you not think that we understand people have hair and then they use it? Like, <laughs> right? really? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, Picard's just looking at an old picture of some random young man no yeah anyway anyway getting way off topic we got way off topic but that's okay. no this is this is germane this is germane. <laughs> but before <laughs> before we move on um i wanted to bring up my other unpopular opinion because we've talked about generations a lot before and my love for it so this one is my little curveball i think that the cerritos looks cool why is that unpopular you think because everyone, when it came out, they're like, oh, it's so like stupid and goofy looking, but like it's supposed to be because that's kind of the feel of the yeah, show. It's supposed to be like yeah, it's supposed to be goofy. Looking. I don't think and it looks goofy. I think it looks badass. Uh, yeah, I, I don't agree with that, but okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I like the Cerritos. Popular. I told you. I, that's unpopular. good. That's a good one. That's Kate. fine. Good that's one. a good one. Yeah. I think I like it's a badass looking ship. The first time I thought, I was like, that looks cool. It's got like racing stripes. 
think, <laughs> I think it looks great. I think no, it looks wonderful. I, I think it looks goofy as hell, but I think it's absolutely appropriate for it to be goofy as hell. I also drive a Hyundai Veloster, so I'm like partial to like weird, <laughs> weird vehicles. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's like, super, I don't think it's like super goofy, but it is a little kind of. I don't know, a little ugly, little utilitarian, you know, like, kind of like whatever. I was so surprised when people were like, oh, it's so stupid looking, but but that like that works for it. I was like, really? I like it, that. Yeah, I think it works in the material. In fact, I was mentioning to Tony and Matt the other night that I think the Cerritos should get like a Christmas ornament. I think it would be a, per- oh, it a perfect. Oh, totally. It's a perfect kind of Christmas tree ornament chip. Hmm. It's kind of goofy looking and kind of, I don't know. It would be. It would make for a good Hallmark ship if they yeah. actually do another Starship later this year. I hope it's the Cerritos. They should. They should. I mean, also though, I will say, season two Cerritos, they did refine it. I think it does look better in season two. They made a bunch of tweaks. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole show has been tweaked slightly. Well, yeah, but I mean, they've under the guise of being refit at the end of season one. Right, right, right. In right. universe reason too, but yeah. I feel like I, I need no, to that's like a good one, Kay. show my dedication to how cool I think Cerritos is and like get like a cerritos tattoo or something like a mean looking <laughs> wow you're gonna get real hardcore yeah like it'll be like decked out with like american traditional like maybe like a panther head and like <laughs> you know like a dagger and then oh the cerritos just make like... sure to take a photo of it and yes, tweet the, the whole cast because they would probably love it actually <laughs> yeah. i would don't don't tempt me i will do it it doesn't take oh, a lot man. more when i get another I tattoo. <laughs> seriously it'd be great that's a good one that's a good one Knew it would be unpopular. Knew it was so check that box. Yeah, yeah. totally did. Good one. <laughs> well done. <laughs> All right, Brian, you're up. Okay. I think this is about TNG. I think season two of TNG is superior in, in many ways, far superior to season seven of TNG. Oh, oh easily, easily. Interesting. I like it. I like it. I, I think a lot of people don't think that way, but like, and I used to not really, think, I wouldn't have thought this way. I never liked season seven very much to begin with, but yeah. like having rewatched the series a couple of times over the past few years, it it's like, I can watch most of season two, even though, you know, there's a couple of unpalatable episodes in mm-hmm. there, but like, I get I get into season seven of TNG, and there are some good shows in season seven. I don't want to like throw it down and say like there's nothing in there that I enjoy. There absolutely is, but like I feel like I, I got I get bored watching it. There's a lot of like Braga Ooh, high yes. concept stuff in it that gets kind of <laughs> oh I love that shit. Stuff. I I no I like it too, but like the season if you go back and look at season seventeen, well it is season loaded seven with it. and season seven is like the Let's bring out. Let's find uh, random family members appear season two because yeah. we don't know what else to do. Yeah, kind of thing. you know it's funny. I, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before. I think it was during season five that they announced that the seventh season would be the last. Yeah, that and sounds right. I remember reading that and being so you know mad, like most of us were when we heard that. Oh you yeah, know? like why oh, are they doing crazy. this? Why are they? You know, the show was because mm-hmm. in season five the show was popping. It was doing really well. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like, oh man, why would you want to start taking this thing down while it's still kind of doing its thing, you know? And then see, but halfway through season seven, I was like, you know what? They made the right decision. This show needs to end. Yeah. Well, it also, it didn't help that in my opinion, all the good writers went to deep space nine. Not everybody and, did and though. Then- they still had most of the staff in, in season seven. Warren Braga were there. Renee Echevarria was still there. Like they had, most of the staff. They lost Michael Pillar. 
They lost Michael Pillar, back. Ronald Moore, and Iris Steven. No, Bear. they didn't lose Ron Moore. No, Moore, Moore went over after it completed. After. Yeah. After oh, generations. Okay, after back. generations. Ended, I take it back. To That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was it was Voyager where he only did one yeah. episode. Yeah, it was Voyager where yeah. he yeah did not stay for good reason. Yeah, so like I feel like – and it may not even have anything to do with Pillar leaving either. It may not – it may just be that the show is starting to run out of gas. Because around that time, shows – a lot of shows start to kind of run out of things. And hence like, – I mean, there's a reason saying, why like, like bringing modern in family TV members shows. and, you know, yeah. all that stuff. I mean, there's a reason why, like, peak TV tends to go no further than about five seasons, right? I mean, there right. just is for good reason, I think. Right. <laughs> yeah. You run out of things to See, do with the characters unless you recast or bring in new people. And, you know, that can yeah. definitely bring, you know, give some life that, that, to a long running show. But, yeah. But TNG obviously had only one cast change. And, you know, they, she, after a while you kind of like you just said matt they bring in like they start bringing in family members and like you know i mean yeah think about it in this season we get like or poochie yeah poochie <laughs> exactly because we get like troy's forgotten sister who died as a kid yeah we get you know we get all this uh we finally we meet Worf's step brother like who cares you know i'm like yeah Picard although paul has a fake is, son. is cool so well but he's a... wasted in the in the thing though that's yes he is yeah, Picard's fake son. I'm sorry. Well, Picard has a fake son. You know, they try yeah, to. Yeah, there's a lot of that kind of goofy stuff. And Alexander right. comes back from the future. To yes, God, himself. right. Yeah, right. so it, yeah, the, that, the that was a like, bad episode. Oh my God, I bad. had like black first that episode out completely. It's terrible. No, yeah. I I think season two is terrific. I'm I I mean I think season three is the best, and then I give second best season to six. Wow. But season two, I think you could make is as a case for the one right after that. That just the 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 more as we talked about this when we did the retrospective, but like the more creative cinematography and the the more engaging music makes such a big difference. That's yeah. part of it. Yeah, it hasn't. Rick Berman, Gene was still nominally at least in control of the whole thing, and it was not completely it had not become a complete Rick Berman production yet. So yes, the music was not sonic wallpaper. It was you know, mm. and then they hadn't. Michael Pillar hadn't come along yet, and even though Michael Pillar clearly saved TNG and made it the great show that it was, they they locked into kind of a formula in how the show was presented when he got there. And mm-hmm. up at, but in season one and two, you could still get these kind of unusually crafted episodes. Yeah, really through three, and then I think yes. you know. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like with the whole thing where Pillar didn't wasn't even sure he was coming back, so he wrote part one of Best of Both Worlds and right. had no idea how he was getting out of he it. He wrote himself you know, into a thing. corner, yeah, right. Yeah. And so I feel like that's kind of the like delineation right there of like, yeah. And then we find a formula in season four, which a lot of four is good, so it's not like really it's not really a problem. But we find the formula in season four, and then we just stick to it. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. But like I said, it worked. There's no complaints. It's made TNG what 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 it is but yeah but yeah and season two as we've discussed when we discussed this season so many of the building blocks of what the show is going to become are built in season two yes oh now you think that's a positive thing we discussed this before <laughs> i just remember that was like most of not most that was one of my main arguments for like why season one was better than a lot of things and you're all yeah. like i don't think just because it no, introduces still... a character makes mm. it like no, Good. I still, you know, season one uh, <laughs> it has its moments, but uh, yeah, no. That's the I mean, real unpopular band. <laughs> yeah. It has its moments. Not many of them, but it does have them. I yeah. think it has I a mean, lot of moments. Season two 
season two, you've got elementary dear data matter of honor. So you got some Klingon stuff in there. Yeah. Measure of a man obviously is top 10 star Trek all time. Oh yeah. Classic. Time squared is a really cool episode. Yeah. Contagion Hugh, is also really contagion, good. Pen, pen oh, contagion pounds. is terrific. I think yeah. contagion I, is when they realize that the primary antagonist of the series should be the Romulans. Yeah. And then they yeah. didn't really do that. Yeah, they, I was gonna yeah. say, <laughs> but, but it should have been. Well, I mean, they they essentially did that with the neutral zone back in season one, where they're like, "We're right, back," right? And it's like, okay, so make make good on that, you know? <laughs> you know, I think it's really interesting, Brian, that the way that you framed your popular opinion was comparing season two to season seven, because I think season seven is a particularly tough one to compare to any other season, because like as a whole. Because it's so up and down. Like there are some really high notes and there's some really there are, low notes there are, and not yeah, a lot in yeah, between. Absolutely. No question. I completely agree. And and season seven obviously has all good things in it, which is I was gonna say it gets huge points for ending right. with Come all on. good things. Best, yeah. best, <laughs> best series finale of any show of it's all one, time. It's, period. it's one of period. the great it's one of the great series finales. I was just looking definitely. at it like actually two are back. I was looking at um, the episode order because I was thinking like, are oh, there in order? Parallels and the Pegasus are back to back, and like so that's a, like a big spike, and then it goes, then it goes down way down to Homeward, which is that terrible. War Parallels is a great episode. Step uh, stepbrother. I, I have know, to be honest episode. with you. I, this is here's an unpopular opinion within season seven. I don't really like Pegasus, the Pegasus, all that much. Oh, it's oh, comes that is good. that is yeah. unpopular. Yeah, why don't you like it? I don't. It just never grabbed me the way it grabbed. Other, I don't dislike it. It's just kind of. I always thought it was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, a little more backstory. I, I, I a little Riker. It, you put him in a crisis. You know, yeah. moral crisis. Yeah. He has to sort out. And it was interesting in that regard. But I never. I know there are a lot of people that are like, oh, Pegasus. Pegasus is a great episode. I I think it probably gets some retroactive love because of Terry O'Quinn on Lost. So like, 10 yes, years the great ago, Terry O'Quinn. Yeah. Made, made a big difference there. Yep. Um, I think a lot of it is compared to some of the other episodes in the season. Yeah, I've always like thought it curve, was a terrific right? episode. Yeah. I will say I never thought it was good enough that you'd revisit it as the ending uh, for the entire Berman yeah. franchise. And I think that's a popular opinion. Yes, that is a very popular opinion, I think. Right. Yeah. It should never. Yeah, I don't. Of all of all things, why that was the framework for that episode, and I don't know why. Uh, yeah, they, uh, that's a, that's a topic for another day. Yeah, but but sure. you know, <laughs> but they they their hearts were in the right place. It was just yeah, it was just misguided. Just, yeah, they yeah, did yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, other I, I completely agree with you. Season yeah, two is other, better. Yeah, other episodes from season seven. I like Phantasms was great. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Lo- lower decks. Of course, yes. Did you get to see that other people <laughs> existing on the Starship Enterprise? Yeah, that's masks. Masks is not on this list, Kayla. I, I hate to tell you. <laughs> How about Genesis? Come on, Gen- I like Genesis. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, Genesis is a haunt. Is, is is turning the Enterprise into a haunted house, basically. Yes. Vote in the comments if I should get a masks or Cerritos tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> So the uh, the other one from season seven I don't particularly like is in thine own self, where it's basically data as Frankenstein. Yes. Yes. I think I think the A story in that is just kind of dumb. Yes, I think the B story with Troy is really good though. Yeah, that's that's super. What is the B story in that episode? Okay, so she's taking the command training exercise. It's basically like oh, that's the same episode. Kobayashi Maru. Yes. Yes. So that's. 
that's not good. If it says the the A story and the B story should be connected in some way, either based on theme or based on plot. Well, and it's like being one, true to your own self is this very loose, tenuous mm-hmm. connection. Yeah, it's yeah. very loose. But that yeah. B story yeah. is yeah. super yeah. memorable. It's like a really important part of her. Yes, character. it's very good. Like well, we got her into also, a uniform, and then now yeah. she's actually taking the bridge officer's test, and it's like, come on, this is good. Yeah. See, it it also is important because it shows that. Being in Starfleet is not all um, puppy dogs and flowers and holodeck adventures and sanctimoniously telling less advanced civilizations how <laughs> terrible they are. It's like <laughs> you, sometimes bad things happen and you have to be Make in charge choices. of this. Yep, yep. Yep. Right. I think it so also. I thought it was a very, a very mature story. And it was really cool to put Riker and Troy in that situation. I wish they'd found something better to do it with. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Agreed. And other, well, we, I just want to we, mention a couple other episodes from season two that were, were really good. Pen Pals, I think, is really yeah. That's a high one for yeah, me. Yeah, I agree. It's you a know, hidden I, masterpiece. I, yeah, and I think you just you get you learn so much more about Data and how he's evolving. Mm-hmm. True. From that very rigid android you meet in season one, you know. And Sarjanka so just has those cool fingers. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. does. She's very like a. Uh... 50s Ma- bug-eyed monster in that way. Mm-hmm. With like Imagine the jazz hands she could do against you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good full circle. That was good. That was good. And then there's Q-Who. We get to meet the Borg. Of course. Yep. Yep. Huge. And another favorite might peak performance. Oh, that's yes. I was just about to mention Peak that. performance Bust is very up. good. Yeah, that, so like, that. there's a lot of stuff there, guys. Oh, there is. Oh, and then like shout out to the emissary for Kalar, you know. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. It's hard. Yeah, you're right. That's I the mean, best part. That's of that the funny episode. part is like I know you say it's an unpopular opinion, and I think it's true among the general fandom, but like not among this podcast. I think we all agree with you. Like, yeah. yeah, season two beats seven. You know? I don't know. I, I don't I think, know. I'm on the I, fence about how because I, I like know. I said I I think it's hard to compare seven to others as a whole. All right. I mean so that's the, fair because seven really is all over the. I place. I mean, like, but. like Brian, do you rate it like, oh, it like by far in a way, like no, there's no even a question. It's so much farther than season seven, or are you like it inches it out, or like where are you comparing? I wouldn't it to? say it's so far away, but it, I think it's it's certainly a more so enjoyable season of, as a whole. List of episodes, okay. yeah, like. Like looking at the list of episodes, I'm just scrolling, looking at the list of episodes on Memory Alpha of like two and seven. If I just sort of look at the titles and I go, oh, yeah, like I I would say that two pulls away like from seven noticeably, not like, you know, massive amounts, but it's a noticeable difference. Yeah, I I think so. I think so. Um, I I mean, to me, I, I think and to all of us, I think the popular opinion in the fandom and to even casual viewers of the show is that the first three seasons of the show weren't good. And then it was great after that. And that's not necessarily true. Mm. Yeah, I think we all know that it starts to wobble in season six and then really gets wobbly in seven. Yeah, it was just showing its age. Like It's most fine. Yeah, it's like it is what it is. Yeah, I think six has I mean, Chain of Command and Tapestry, I think, are two of the best. Episodes. Those yeah, are very fantastic. good. Very, exactly. very, very, think, very good. I think. Yeah. Of all the uh, the crossovers between the two generations, I think Relics is probably the best. Love it, and yep. that's in there. Yep. Um, I love the Frame of Mind episode. Oh yeah, where, of course. Where mm-hmm. Riker is totally thrown out of situation. I think the chase is spectacular. Oh, Face of the Enemy with with that's Troy. good too. See again, we're giving Troy stuff to do. It's great. Isn't, like, that, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Fistful yep. of fistful of datas. 
Now, see, I that's just I'm, goofy. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know. I think I like a lot of people don't time. like that episode. I liked I it the first anything. time I saw it, and yeah, then when I don't I went really visited, care for it. When I revisited a few years ago, I was like, yeah. Yeah, like I, I would not particularly choose to watch it. Like whatever. The reason yeah. that I know I, people don't like it, at least in this group, is because um, when COVID started three years ago, now we—that's when we started our like weekly um, on Sundays. We get together on Zoom and watch an episode of Star Trek thing, and I, I was the ringleader for that at first. And I thought that everyone would li- like. I thought everyone really liked that episode because it's like goofy and fun and lighthearted. Like, I'm kind of meh about it. Like, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I don't really have a strong opinion about it. I, th- I thought, oh, well, this one's fun. It'll People need yeah. it up, you know, something up and happy. So I suggested it and everyone was like, yeah, sounds great. And then when we were going to watch it, everyone was like, oh, yeah, I actually, like, everyone started admitting that they really <laughs> disliked the episode. And I was like, oops, <laughs> bad choice, I guess. Well, I think what you forget, too. You're just like, oh, that's the goofy one. And you look at it and you're like, eh, it's just not that good, though, because yeah. you're watching yeah. it, you know. Uh, it, you definitely have to be in the right mood for it. So yeah. I actually crunched the numbers on these based on IMDb ratings a, a little of while ago. Of course you did. Uh, <laughs> so, so, of course, yes, I think? did. A big, big, big day to Jared. That's what they called me in high school. <laughs> so, so according to IMDb, um, season six is the number one rated. Season mm. three is the second highest rated. Season five is the third highest. Mm. Then season four then season seven, then season two, then season one. Yeah, I 100% disagree. Well, those people are crazy. Yeah. That's, yeah, quite a list. That's quite a uh, yeah. order there. Okay, so I know we've been talking about doing a lot of, because we did our season one and season two podcasts about this, this with about this very same idea that the general consensus is that they're bad. And then we kind of defended them and, you know, pitted them against the rest of the franchise and say, actually there's like a lot of good stuff in there. And people, I, I know people seem to respond really well to those. And we had a lot of fun doing them. We've talked about doing other seasons. We totally should. But I think um, another, it, it, we could either go down the line and do every season by itself. Another thing we might want to do is our rankings season, mm. season order, like look at all of them because I could come up with a completely different list than the one that you just mentioned, Jared. What? We can yeah. do that. We can do that. Sure. Yeah. Be Cause I don't know if we need to go. There's got to be a good hook for the other seasons. I think like the first two seasons have that good hook of like, well, the common fan consensus supposedly is that they're terrible. Right. And here we're yeah. going to, here we're going to go against the grain and show you yeah. why that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, I do I like that if, about oh, the sorry. ranking. I'm yeah. oh, sorry. I was just gonna say I like that about the ranking, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I fun. don't necessarily um, always agree with like using lists that have been accumulated by IMDb or whatever, but I do think they're a good starting point for a conversation. For sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I will say I think season seven of Voyager and Deep Space Nine, relative to the rest of their series, respectively, are much stronger than season seven of TNG. Mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I would. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I think so. I. I, I think. Um, Season six is a little bit stronger on Deep Space Nine because the the Dominion War. I think most people agree at this point got dragged out a little bit too long. But um, as an enormous Esri fan, I love having her in season Yay. seven. I love her the, too. The Take Me Out to the Hollow Street episode is terrific. Yeah, and the finale where they said we're not going to do a two parter, we're going to do a ten parter finale uh, was very <laughs> ambitious, and I think they pulled it off. And then season seven yep. of Voyager, I need to rewatch some episodes. I think that might be the best season of this of the whole series. Wow. 
Very cool. And I, I'm not the huge Voyager expert, but I remember when I did a, a watch through after I had foot surgery several years ago. That was the part where I, I this season where I, I liked it the most. Maybe yeah, you like, were just oh, delirious good. from the drugs. Maybe I wasn't delirious enough, Kayla. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I was just I didn't. I don't know why I said yeah, that. Yeah, I got so. to think about season seven of Voyager, but I certainly get. I certainly can agree with you about like Deep Space Nine. I think that makes, especially I mean, you know, pitted against TNG season seven for sure. Like yep. no question, yeah. it's better. <laughs> yep, absolutely, no question. Oh yeah, season seven of Voyager, pretty good. Critical Care is really good. I'm looking at the list right now. Yeah. Uh, lineage is my favorite episode of Voyager, and that's season seven. That's yeah. the other thing. How, how do you judge? Workforce is great. Oh, Workforce. I thought that was season six. Yeah, Workforce no, is great. No, season too. seven. Very, that yeah, see? That's good. Very yeah. creative concept. Yes. So yes. so that's a question for how you would, how would you compare different seasons? Would it be the average or would it be the highs and lows? Right? Because mm, I think point. season four has a very high average, right? But yeah. I, uh, I don't because I don't think there are any stinkers in season four, but I don't think it has any um, as many like tr- amazing episodes as two or three or six. Yeah, that's, that was kind of my point about saying in season seven of TNG, I find it difficult to compare as a whole to a whole other season because like what metric do you use? Like, how do you how do you describe one whole season when the average isn't that meaningful because it's just highs and lows? I don't think you use average. I think it's. I think it's maybe even a little more basic of like how many stinkers in a season are there. You know what I mean? But yeah. what if there's half stinkers and half amazing best episodes of all time? You know what I mean? So like, but there yeah, wasn't. I don't think that's gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say that didn't really happen in season seven though. <laughs> but I think I there think, were there were a lot of highs, there were a lot of lows, and there wasn't not much like in the middle. Best ever. You know what I mean? At least I don't think. Some moment things. So th- yeah, this is one of the reasons why I don't like season five as much as you do, Kayla. Is what should have been the high was the Spock stuff, and I didn't think it was very good. Mm. No, most people. Yeah, that's fair. no. It was. I remember being really excited for it, and at the time I thought it was really great. But of course, like in of course, you're like it was a you know, huge yeah. deal. You're just leaning because on of course it was a huge build up to the undiscovered country. It's undiscovered country. Huge, yeah, it yeah. Huge. It was a big mainstream yeah. media event too. That was a big deal. Exactly. It was huge. Yeah. It was covered by it was everybody. Like, it was like two weeks before undiscovered country came out, and when he says it was my responsibility for what happened to Kirk on the mission from the overture piece of the Klingons. You're like, what? What's going to what? happen? You're like, right? I'm about to find out. Is it is it December yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So coming yeah. soon from Paramount Pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Retroactively, it's pretty like, eh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, the the Romulans' big evil plan is not really that big or that evil no. and it never would have and it never would have worked. A couple of janky Vulcan ships and yeah. surprise. You know? Yeah. We're gonna pretend to be we're gonna Trojan horse it with some old like <laughs> Vulcan ships, you know? No like, one's ever know. tried that before. I know. This is new. Yeah. We'll never see it lame. coming. I know, it's pretty lame, but oh well. Yeah, we we ventured way off course. <laughs> yeah, way off course. Yeah, okay, but we cut. we keep using phrases that can be connected to popularity or unpopularity. So I think we're okay. still on target. All right, All right. <laughs> I, 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 I will buy. I will buy that. I will buy that reason. Thank you. Bless you. I okay. do agree with your un, unpopular opinion. Okay, excellent. And you know, this is the kind of show we can actually do again and again and again because. This is a huge fandom. There's a lot of TV shows and episodes, and I'm sure we could, the four of us could find more of these things to do. Well, yeah, I think we'll have to pick like 
episodes that we, that we think are considered unpopular or something. And then yeah, something like, yeah I, yeah. I feel like so many of my pitches for episodes have essentially just been my own unpopular opinions, like <laughs> masks and um, Sub Rosa stuff and why Generations is amazing and <laughs> the season one and two are better than everyone thinks they are. I'm sure you've well, got a few pitches, more. Then. I'm sure you got a few more in you. Oh, yeah, I could do that. I could do that for ages for sure. Anyone want to defend, like, was it the 37s from Voyager? I love that episode. <laughs> See, there you go. Wow, well, bam, there oh, you go. Wait, let's, let's, really? Let's leave, it, let's, let's leave that so here. Most people think it's pretty crappy from what I, I, I understand. It's one of my I, favorite I Voyager episodes. Is that the Amelia Earhart one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I, That's I, what it is, I yeah. rewatched that because uh, we were going to talk about it for some reason. I think it's kind of bad. And the thing that's bad about it <laughs> is it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be an adventure where where Captain Janeway meets her hero and they don't really have an adventure together, right? Yep, they don't. I love yeah. it. So so it's kind of the same problem as Generations where it's supposed to be these two guys teaming up and they kind of don't really. Um, so I'm sorry. Well, we can, Also, it's weird. Oh, sorry. We can certainly talk about this on, uh, on our next Unpopular Opinion episode, but I will say that there's an article out there for trekmovie.com from years ago it, I don't know what it, if it was a Voyager anniversary or what it was, but there was a story that Tony was writing about Voyager and it was like top Voyager episodes. And he's like, people pitch me what your top episodes are. And I mentioned the 37s and he's like, why? And I, <laughs> and I told him why it was one of my favorites. He's like, eh, okay. And he put it in. So it's in there. Nice. You can go okay. and find that. But we should we should do that. We, well, let's Let's revisit this and do that. I'm for it. I'm game. Especially if if, if our fr- if our friends listening to this have some good ideas for unpopular opinions. They'd yes, like yeah. By all means, throw your own. Yes, yeah, throw your own out there. By all means, please. Yeah, it'd be fun to have a good discussion about this. All right, gang. Yeah. Do we have any 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 brief like unpopular opinions to end with? I think this pre- whole podcast has been the opposite of brief, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, we're good to go. I think. Okay, that's all right. We enjoyed doing it. So. Yep. It's 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 okay that Star Trek The Voyage Home did not star Eddie Murphy. That's my... Oh. Unpopular. Is that unpopular really, though? I think that's probably think, good. I, it's I a good idea. I don't think anyone wants to see that. Version. No, I, I really would, don't think so. I, I would like to see the version of Ghostbusters where Eddie Murphy paid, played Winston Zeddemore. I think that would probably have been... An sure, that could have been there. more... But, yeah, that could have been all right. But yeah. a, a space adventure about Captain Kirk and Wales, I think we're, I think we're good yeah. the way we yeah. did it. All right. Well, on that note, let's see you around the galaxy. <laughs> ah, boom. Boom. Bing pot. Well done, Kayla. Booyah. <laughs> let's see what she's got. Seriously, guys, great chat this week. Loved uh, yes. that we could all be on. And I hope our listeners enjoyed it as well. Yeah, we hope you enjoy this yes. one, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. See you next right. time. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.